0: Hello friends and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to validate and support others who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Obviously, I'm here for my queers, but everyone is welcome here. Today, I'm going to talk to you about, I don't even know what to call it, but the horrific, horrendous situation that was my ex hanging out with their friends while we were together. It was like the most toxic on my end as well, just horrible situation. This is going to be embarrassing to talk about. However, it feels very important. We will find out what I entitle this episode because, again, I don't even know how to describe this shit show. Buckle up. (laughs) Okay, so I've already talked about some of the important aspects of the things that I'm going to talk about in this episode. For example, How a survivor is isolated and loses a lot of friends, um, family, probably doesn't spend a lot of time going out for coffee with friends or doing things alone with friends, like having outside hobbies, um, outside of the the abusive relationship, Um, probably isn't going out for, you know, nights out with friends. If they had, you know, like a friend group before, most likely that's not happening now, of course, I have a kiddo, so it's not like I was going out all the time anyway. Um, I do think that parents across the board should be able to do that. I think our society kind of makes moms feel like they're not allowed to do that. At least I felt pressured to do that when my son, to be that way when my son was really little, like, oh, I'm a mom. I shouldn't be like, yes, you should. Obviously, there's, life requires balance. Anyway, um, I didn't have friends within a couple of months, like truly I'm somewhat exaggerating because I still did have connections throughout that relationship, but I didn't really have close friends that I was going out with who were inviting me out. Um, you know, nothing like that. Another thing that I have, um, talked about a little bit is the fact that like, um, at least I think I have, maybe not. I did a live with my abuser and we talked about that together. We talked about how we did not have boundaries in the start of our relationship. So it started off that we were together 24 seven. And, um, so, you know, the relationship starts and this is really common because it starts off with the love bombing. So it starts off no boundaries. You're together all the time. You know, you're trying to still like be normal, but they're kind of like saying, Oh, I thought we were on the same page. I thought we would want to hang out all the time. I thought this, I thought that, um, I did talk about that an episode or two ago. No, it must have been in um, isolation. I talked about that whole scenario of wanting to hang out with a friend, but then being kind of like bullied into feeling guilty about it and things like that. So that goes on. And that's something that I feel very strongly about not doing because it's glorified in queer relationships. I talk about this a lot in my lives. um, And that was the point of the live that I was having with my abuser at the time. I'm kind of jumping all over here, but we were saying... Oh, we started this relationship with no boundaries and now here we are two years in and holy crap. I, you know, my abuser was like, I can't even go out. Or There was a time that I couldn't even go out because Lindy couldn't handle it because we hadn't set any healthy boundaries. And I didn't know what to do when I was out and blah, blah, blah. When really there was so much more going on there. Like, yes, that's true. Um, I think as, as queer folks, even more like we plow into these relationships without boundaries And it is very hard to, to go back, like backpedal and set boundaries once you've been spending 24 seven together, like to go back and say, Hey, we should have some hobbies. Hey, we should have separate friends. Hey, let's get to, you know, doing some things on our own. Um, it is very hard to do that. And then again, I keep trying to like make this point, but like it's glorified in queer relationships, abusive relationships typically start very quickly like that. So it's very dangerous to to move at that accelerated speed um so yeah the two things that i wanted to kind of start this with were the one i didn't have friends <laughs> two we didn't have boundaries and neither of us hung out with friends in the start of the relationship okay let's move on so between my ex and i from my perspective i am the extrovert i am the outgoing one i'm the one who always tries wherever i am in life i've moved around quite a bit because i was married to a person who was in the military um i as a young professional moved several cities just trying to find out where i wanted to work things like that i've traveled quite a bit i'm always trying to cultivate friendships friend groups friendships and connections are very important to me I do spend a lot of my time on my phone because I have moved around a lot trying to stay connected with people, getting on FaceTime, texting, you know, catching up with old friends, or at least I did right now. I'm kind of in a phase of like less. So, um, and then my abuser is much more introverted, much more like doesn't reach out to friends. Like I can remember being like, Oh my God, you should really reach out. Like if this person's going through this, you should reach out, see if they're okay. See if they need any support um or like are you okay like do you need someone to talk to maybe see if that person can support you through what we're going through like i think it's really important like obviously relationships should have some privacy but everyone should have someone that they can trust who's going to give them like good fairly neutral advice you know not someone who's like putting weird bugs in your ear and like trying to destroy your relationship or whatever i don't know but they did not have any friends they had no friends um which I didn't realize for a long time. Okay. They do have friends, but they're like people who they again, barely hang out with, barely talk to. Some of them are scattered around. So again, that's fair. Just like mine. Um, it just, they weren't going out. And then all of a sudden they were going out. And I can remember like a buddy got back from deployment and they went out and I didn't have any weird feelings about it. Um, you know, my partner came back home at night I don't even remember feeling anything weird about it, but, like, as time went on, the act of them going out with friends became a massive issue in our relationship. They wouldn't tell me they were going out until last minute. They either, like, wouldn't invite me, which is totally fine, or they would invite me knowing that I couldn't go, which kind of made me feel bad. Like, yeah, like, my friends, like, want you to come out. Like, I want you to come out, but, oh, you have your kid, Um, which I talk about in the last episode of just the whole, like making me feel like a burden for having a kid and all that stuff. So then they would go out and I would feel kind of shitty. I would feel left out. I'm an Enneagram seven. I am definitely like a YOLO. I know that saying is out, but like, that is the motto of an Enneagram seven. You only live once. Um, FOMO, all of that stuff. Fear of missing out. I don't know. Um, I feel that a lot. And so like if someone invites me over and I'm like not really feeling like going out, I'm probably going to go anyway because I have a fear of missing out. I want to be involved. I want to be a part of the group. I, you know, all of those things. And so I don't remember like the first time that it became a chaotic, horrific nightmare for them to go out. But again, it was this pendulum swing of never, never, never going out, never, never. All of a sudden I'm going out. I'm staying out all night. I'm not telling you where I'm going, I'm not telling you who I'm with, I'm not telling you when I'm coming back, I'm not checking in, and I am not, like, I really had to reflect on who I am as a person, who I am in relationships, and of course, we're different people in different relationships, obviously, because the way that I was treated and the way that I treated my abuser was horrible, and I did not treat my ex-husband that way, and he didn't treat me that way, so obviously, like, we are different depending on who we're around and who we're with and things like that, but, like, My ex-husband, when we were together, would go out, and he would stay out late, and I would know that he was coming home that night, and I would trust he wasn't going to do anything crazy, and he might check in and say, hey, I'll be home in probably like an hour or two. Okay, cool. That's fine. Vice versa. If I'm out, I would just do a quick, you know, like that courteous, like, check-in so the person knows that you're safe and okay, but not checking in the whole night, not constantly being on the phone, like, that is not necessary, like... I think that it's really important to have. This is my opinion, y'all. This is my opinion. Like, you work things out in your own relationships. What works for you, but like in my opinion, if I have a partner, I want us both to be able to say, "See you later." You know, I'm going out with these person people. I don't know when I'm gonna be home. I'll give you an update when I have some information. You know, it might be a short night. I'll let you know if we end up staying out late. Whatever. Let me know that you're alive. My dad passed away um, when I was 13. I he was one minute alive and we got a phone call at 9 42 PM and he was no longer in this world. So I do get anxiety um, sometimes when I don't hear from people for long periods of time. My ex knew this. I, um, I mean, I personally right now feel like most of what they did in the entire relationship was calculated, but I know that they knew that that was painful, confusing, scary for me. I just want like a Curtis, just tell me you're alive. Tell me when you're coming home. Let me know that you're not driving drunk, you know, stuff like that. And they didn't. They wouldn't. And so there was a night that they were out, and I had a full-on freak-out, like, drama, like, pacing the house, crying, and ended up, again, I can't remember if this is the first time. I think it might have been the first time, and it was so ugly. Like, I called, like, 20 times, which is not good, y'all. I called so many over and over and over again because they were ignoring me. Like, I know they were ignoring me because... They had their phone on, like, red receipt so they could see my text saying, like, hey, are you okay? Are you coming home? Can you just tell me something? And I called and called and called because I was, like, freaking out. Like, I don't know if they're okay. I don't know if they were driving drunk or their friend was drunk or they got pulled over. If they, like, what's going on? If I could do it over, I would have just stayed calm because, obviously, that gave them a lot of power. That gave them... um but it gave them the idea that they could repeat this pattern and that I would freak out and that they would have this power over me. They could get me into this ugly pacing back and forth, crying, like feeling abandoned. It was, it was a sense of abandonment, which is crazy because like I told you before, like y'all, I had a long-term boyfriend, a long-term, long distance boyfriend. Y'all, y'all know I'm gay now. I am out as a gay person now. I've always been gay, but I wasn't always. And one of the best relationships I had was a guy who lived in Scotland and I lived in the United States and we saw each other every three months and we would see each other for extended amounts of time. But y'all, I can handle being alone. I can handle, like he went out and I went out with friends and like, you know, it was so weird because I just got to this like full on, like I am being abandoned, like what's going on? Does this person even care about me? It was ugly. It was horrible. It's embarrassing, but I did get that way. And I know that they would talk to their friends about it because they told me, and I don't know what they said, because you're only getting the abuser's story. You're only getting what they're telling you. But they said the next day when they came home, you know, Oh, I was talking to this guy about my, you know, my buddy. And he was saying, Oh, you know, you two love each other and you two need to work it out. And like, Oh, she just must be, you know, whatever. But I mean, like They would drive me to this point so that they could tell their friends that I was crazy. Y'all know it. You have been there. You have been pushed to extremes. You've been pushed to reactive abuse. You've been pushed to calling 20 times. And like that behavior is not good. We need to be held accountable for our behavior. Like if we're getting to that point in a relationship, if we're being pushed to that point in a relationship, we really need to figure out how to not be like that anymore. And you know what I'm saying here. You know what I'm saying here. I said this in my last episode. I do not sit here and tell people to leave, but if you're being pushed to a certain behavior and then being made to feel like you're crazy, let's let's figure out how to get out of the situation, right? Okay, I actually remember now. So, if it's the same night and it might have been a separate night, the thing that really set me off was that I went out with a friend that night. I met up with a friend, fairly new friend from Bumble BFF. And we went out to dinner in this cute little town, and I was having a great time. I took my son. Um, just was a really good night. So I was feeling fine for the beginning part of the evening that they were out. And while I was driving home, someone almost T-boned me, like out on a country road. They were going very fast. I had to like swerve almost into a ditch to not get hit. And my natural instinct, it was nighttime, so I couldn't call my mom, and I wouldn't want to worry my mom. Like, my instinct was to to call my partner and and just have them soothe me. Yes, it's important to self-soothe. Yes, like, obviously, like, sometimes you're alone and shit happens and you can't get a hold of someone, but I called them. They didn't pick up, and I texted and was like, hey, I almost got T-boned. I'm, like, really shaken up. Would you mind just, like, I just want to, I just want to be heard. I just want to be seen right now. And they didn't. And that's when I, that's when I had like this breakdown and was trying to call and I was like, why are you not accessible? Like, I know you're with your friends, but I know you're going to look at your phone eventually. Like, where are you? And that set me off into the whole like abandonment spiral. And it's a really shitty feeling. And again, like I'm a reasonable person. Like I said, you know, it might've been an hour or two if they were like really engrossing conversation. Like that's fair, but it just felt really shitty. Um, and that was what set me off. And that was what like, um, started the whole, again, the pattern of them going out and staying out and not checking in. So the next time that I remember them going out for another night with a friend, they were just hanging out with one friend. They went to his house, they were drinking. And this time, because I had um, you know, sort of complained and was like, hey, this can't happen, I felt like shit, I felt abandoned, um, I don't understand, like, why it got this way, why we couldn't have, you know, uh, talked about expectations beforehand, or, like, can we figure out a way where, like, if I actually really need you, we can, you know, you can answer your phone at some point or something, I don't even know, I've just never had that happen, Um, but the second time they were so extreme about keeping in touch with me, it was like every 20 minutes they were like, Hey, we're on our, you know, second beer. Like it was just like this constant update. And to me it felt over the top. And I texted back and was like, Hey, I see what you're doing. And I, I understand that you're like trying to keep me updated at this point, but like, I really don't need you to do that. Like have fun, pay attention to your friend. You don't have to update me every 10 seconds. Just like, let me know when you're coming home and let me know that you're safe, let me know that you're safe, let me know if you need me to come pick you up, because I don't want you driving drunk, Um, and that's it, you know, you don't, you don't have to keep texting me, Um, and then, so, of course, the next time they went out, disappeared, completely disappeared again, you know, didn't, didn't respond when I was like, hey, how's everything going, like, after a couple hours, didn't, give me any information, whatever, just, like, you know, came home in the middle of the night, like, 2, 3 a.m., whatever, drunk, and so it, I felt the same as I did that first time with, like, the T-bone incident, where I was, like, freaking out, and I was, like, I'm abandoned, and what the hell, but by this time, I'm, like, this is a pattern. I'm not gonna freak out again, because I can see what's going on here, and it, it took me, like, it was, like, a little bit later, like, a little bit more reflection, a little bit more, like, you know, what's going on, like, this person cannot seem to find a healthy, like, way to go out, I don't understand, I'm trying to understand what's going on, I've never been treated this way, and I know some of y'all, if you've never gone through this, are going, this girl's crazy, like, just let, like, let the person go out, like, blah, 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 like I said, like, never been an issue with anyone else, and so what I finally did was, like, this, this is, like, a year and a half into the relationship, maybe more, And I'm starting to, like, sort of emotionally distance myself. And I finally was like, hey, I have an idea. Why don't you go skiing with your friend um, and pick a day once a week and y'all go every week. And you go up to the mountain and, like, please just, like, text me when you get there safe and then text me when you're leaving. Because it's a long trip. You're getting up early. The roads can be bad. You know, just let me know that you're safe. Don't text me any other time of the day. I'm totally fine. Um, I want you to go it'll be good for both of us to have you, like, you get to hang out with your friend. Um, we'll learn how to like do this whole thing. And at that time it was still framed as like, oh, it's because we never had boundaries. Oh, it's because we just like, you know, aren't used to this. Um, but when I did that, basically what happened was I took away their power to be able to do that again, to be able to like go out, um, make me feel bad for having a kid and not being able to go and all those things to just like disappear. Like if I'm not panicking and I'm not being, if I'm not reacting to the fact that you're not being like bare minimum, you know, not showing bare minimum, like courtesy in the relationship, I'm not reacting. You have no power. So then you're not going to like, you know, you're, you're going to either check in with me or you're not, but either way, I'm not, I'm not going to react. And so that was a big change, and I also did start hanging out with friends and actually, like, trying to pursue friendships and just, like, really trying to make it so that we weren't the only two people in the whole circle. Like, we needed more people, and I needed to be around other people who I sort of could start putting feelers out, like, hey, does this seem normal to you? Hey, um, this is what's been going on, Um, versus before when, like I said, it was like neither one of us were hanging out with anyone. So my point of all of this is, like, obviously, every relationship you have, like, different levels of, you know, communication tendencies and expectations and things like that. Some of y'all might never talk at all. Some of y'all might check in way more than what I just mentioned that I would like, Um, the point isn't, you know, what is the right thing to do? Um, you know, every relationship isn't the same, but the point is that, you know, if you've gotten to this, if you've gotten to this, um, situation where your partner leaving feels like abandonment, and I'm not talking about attachment issues where, you know, you're an anxious person and you have a fear of abandonment and you get a little nervous every time your partner goes out, that is something... And it's something that you obviously have to work through with your partner. That's a real thing that people experience. But, like, if you're someone like me who's never had anxiety about, about a partner, like, going out and doing all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you find yourself feeling shit crazy, can't handle it, feel abandoned, like, sit back and think about it. How did you get here? You know, were you like this before? What was the moment that, that kind of kicked that into gear? Is this something they're doing often? Because, like I said, when I look back... And I remember the first time that it happened. And then I remembered that, you know, it it wasn't like this before. And then all of a sudden it was a pattern that they were going out and they were amping me up. And of course I was, I was responding to it. I was giving into it for a couple of times. Um, And then, you know, they had found this new source of power and control over me. So that's my point. And then, my other point is that I wanted to come on here and, you know, a lot of times I talk about what I experienced from my abuser and what, you know, what I went through and what it looked like and things like that. I want to tell you all that I was not well in this relationship. I'm not sitting here, like, a lot of times my podcast doesn't, the topic that I'm talking about doesn't allow for me to also talk about where I was in the relationship, but it is so important, I think, as survivors to talk about how horrible that we got when we, you know, started off the relationship healthy, good, strong, understanding right and wrong, understanding what abuse is, and then somehow it all happened anyway, and you become toxic, you are not the abuser, you are not the aggressor, you are not the one in control, you are not the one with the power, but all of a sudden you're toxic, and you're doing all these toxic behaviors that you never did before, I don't think I ever called my husband 20 times. Like I never, it was like, call, no pickup. He'll call me back or he'll text me when the time comes. Like when he's available, when he looks at his phone, when he's, you know, whatever. Um, and so I want to put that out there. It's hard to talk about. It's vulnerable. I sound crazy. I feel crazy talking about it. Like I said, I've never been like that before and I don't plan on ever getting there again. If I get vibes from someone and I think for even one second that I could fall into this trap, I'm running the other way, um, but you're not alone, you are not alone if you have gone crazy, for lack of a better word, and just, like, lost your sense of stability, lost your security, like, been so anxious, been so, like, feeling crazy, feeling like you did something wrong, feeling like you're asking too much, feeling like that person doesn't care about you, not knowing where you stand in their life, and you're, um, you're unrecognizable. You don't recognize, you don't recognize your own self. Um, and so that's why I came on here to talk about me getting, me getting pretty ugly. Um, I want you to know that you're not alone. that's all I have for today. Uh, this I think was kind of a little bit of a shorter episode, but there you have it. Um, I hope that this helps you kind of reflect and evaluate your own situation. If you are in a relationship with an abuser or a toxic person, um, I hope it helps you understand things a little bit more, kind of reflect on your own self and your own behaviors when you were with it and sorry, with them. Um, and I don't know, forgive yourself for the way that you ended up acting at certain times. And I don't know, just give you some clarity and some relief again, that you are not alone. If you like this episode and you like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. I really, really want to get this podcast into the ears of the people who need it the most, the people who have been in abusive relationships, who are in abusive relationships, and just need support and validation and possibly some hope, you know, that they can get out and have a normal, happy, healthy life after all of this, because when you're in it, you don't think you're ever gonna be happy again. If you um want more from me, you wanna see some more uh, a different type type of content from me, you can always find me on TikTok and Instagram at the Lindsay Goodman or you can go to my website, thelindsaygoodman.com. Thank you so much. I really appreciate each and every one of you for being on this crazy journey with me and, uh, I will see you all next week.